The following is a Westminster Seminary, California morning devotion given by a guest speaker. The statements, views, and opinions presented in this message are those of the speaker and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Westminster Seminary, California. For more information about Westminster Seminary, California, visit us online at wscal.edu or call 888-480-8474. That's online, wscal.edu, or call 888-480-8474. This morning's uh, morning devotion speaker is one of our uh, distinguished alums, Uh, The Reverend Bill Godfrey graduated from here in 2010 and is currently serving as a minister at Grace URC up in Torrance, I believe. Also teaching for us part-time in the practical theology department, so we're delighted to have him come and bring God's word. It's my privilege and joy to be with you uh, this morning. If you take a copy of the scriptures and turn with me to Mark's Gospel, Mark chapter 10. I want to read just a few verses from Mark chapter 10, uh, beginning at verse 13 and reading through uh, verse 16. While you're finding that, I just want to say what what an honor and privilege it is to be here. Uh, It still feels like I should be getting evaluated. Um, I will be. Okay, that's good to know. Um, But you no longer have the power to grade me, so um, I answer to different people now, but uh, it's still good to be with you and to be able to consider God's word together, uh, to consider some well-known verses together from Mark's gospel, chapter 10, uh, verses 13 through 16, probably familiar to many of us, um, but a blessed reminder from God's word about the nature of his kingdom, how it is to be received, and how we enter in. Um, And so we want to think together, and let's pay careful attention as I read, because this is God's own word. And they were bringing children to him that he might touch them, and the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, Let the children come to me. Do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And he took them in his arms and blessed them laying his hands on them. Thus far the reading of God's word, may he bless it to us. Um, One of the things that is always interesting to me about verses that are very familiar to us, that we think of all the time, that we go through all the time, uh, that we know well, uh, sometimes we don't think of how it might sound to someone who doesn't know these things. Um, And how something like this might sound if you said to someone, do you want to enter the kingdom of God? Uh, And hopefully they would say, yes, who wouldn't want to enter the kingdom of God? And then you said, okay, well, to enter the kingdom of God, then you must receive it like a child. Um, Now, we might just pass right over that and think we've heard that so many times that that sort of makes sense to us. But how strange would it be if you're trying to evangelize to someone and to say to them, you must receive the kingdom of God like a child. And unless you receive the kingdom of God like a child, you shall not enter it. How would they understand you? How could you make that clear to them? Um, And that's kind of the nature of Jesus' teaching in this passage. What does it mean that you must receive the kingdom like a child? And it comes in the context of uh, the disciples trying once again to be helpful, uh, trying once again and failing to be helpful, and giving Jesus a teachable moment where he can instruct them about the nature of his duty and the nature of their calling. 
um, and to remind them of some important truths about the nature of the kingdom of God and how one must enter it. And of course, in correcting the disciples and teaching them, our Lord is also teaching us. And he does it through this story, uh, through the story of an inappropriate action taken by the disciples, um, an indignant reaction by our Lord, uh, followed by an important explanation of how one enters the kingdom of God. And that's how we want to think through uh, this passage in the time we have today. Um, try to do three points in ten minutes. We'll see how it goes. Keep your evaluation form handy. Um, an inappropriate action. Uh, Mark, as he does in his gospel, very succinctly sets things up. There's not a whole lot of background information. Parents, people are bringing children to the Lord that he might bless them, and the disciples rebuke them. Um, it was very common if you had a holy man passing through, a man who was well-respected, to ask them to bless your children. The hope was the Lord hears the prayers of the righteous, and that he would hear the prayers of this holy man, and that that desire for blessing would bless the life of your child, a very noble desire. Um, but for some reason, we don't know why, none of, the, none of the three Gospels that records this tells us why the disciples feel they need to intervene, but they rebuke the people bringing children to Jesus to be blessed. Um, we don't know why. It might be because of the position children held in that society. They were thought of being sort of socially unimportant until they matured and became adults. Once they were adults, they could be husbands and fathers and members of the community. They could be wives. They could bring forth children. They could be of some benefit to society. But from the period of birth, which was a blessing from the Lord, to adulthood, it was kind of a period to be endured. Um, maybe you, some of your parents have felt that way at times, that this is a period to be endured. Um, but it's a, it's a time of they were not very socially important until they became adults. And maybe the disciples felt that Jesus was just too important to be bothered by the socially unimportant. Uh, maybe they thought Jesus is a great teacher. Jesus is a great miracle worker. Um, and what does he have to do with these little ones? You know, Luke's gospel calls them infants. And they might have thought, what, what can an infant learn from a great teacher? Uh, what benefit can an infant draw from a great miracle worker? Um, doesn't Jesus have more important things to do? Um, and so they keep these children away from him. And we should know that it's an, an inappropriate action for them to take even before Jesus says anything to them about it. Because Jesus has already taught them we only need to go back one chapter. You might not even need to turn a page in your Bible to see that he's already taught them about receiving children and not hindering people they shouldn't hinder. Now, if we go back to Mark's Gospel, Mark chapter 9, we find an account of them arriving at Capernaum in, in verse 33, and Jesus says, what were you talking about on the road? Um, and he meets with a kind of stony silence. Mark tells us because they were all talking about on the road which one of them was the greatest. It's not really surprising they didn't really want to tell Jesus what they were talking about. And remember, he takes that opportunity to say, the one, well, one of you who wants to be the greatest needs to be the least and a servant of all. And then do you remember what he does? He takes a child and puts that child in their midst and he says... To anyone who receives a child in my name, receives me. 
And whoever receives me receives him who sent me. Receive the children. They just learned that. The very next verse is John coming to Jesus and saying, Matthew 9, or Mark 9, verse 38, is someone coming and saying, Jesus, we found someone driving out demons in your name, and we stopped them. And Jesus said, don't stop them. Those who are for us, those who are not against us are for us. Don't stop these people. So the disciples had just been told, receive children. Don't hinder people you shouldn't hinder. And what do we find them doing here? Turning children away and hindering people they shouldn't be hindering. Uh, To those of you who aspire to go on to be teachers in some way, shape, or form, this is sometimes what you can expect of students. um, That they don't learn the lessons you teach them immediately. And it's this inappropriate action on their part that that provokes an indignant response from the Lord, an indignant reaction to what they are doing. Uh, when the Lord rebukes them for what they have done. Um, it's interesting, it's the only time in the gospel we're told that Jesus in the gospels that we're told that Jesus was indignant. The Pharisees at times were indignant, the disciples at times were indignant. This is the only time we're told that Jesus is indignant. He's irritated, he's angry about something that is wrong. Uh, that feeling you get when somebody does something unjust to you. Um, that irritated, angry response. And that's what Jesus does. He responds with an indignant response and with a quick kind of staccato to statements to the disciples. Let the children come to me. Do not hinder them. Um, This is sometimes the way parents talk to children that they become exasperated with. You know, a positive and a negative command, staccato, no conjunction. I'm not saying I ever heard this growing up, but I heard my siblings hear these kinds of things. Uh, Leave your sister alone. Don't bother her. Right? Uh, Stop fighting. Don't make me stop this car. Right? That, That kind of positive, negative, staccato. Jesus is talking to them this way. Let the little children come to me. Don't stop them. And why? Well, he says something remarkable. To such belongs the kingdom of God. And how can that be? What can infants do to become rightful heirs to the kingdom of God? If we had more time, we might talk about some of the covenant implications of covenant children and their being born into covenant families and their title to the kingdom, but more particularly to the question of how one is to receive the kingdom like a child, Christ adds an important explanation. Um, How can children, how can infants become rightful heirs to the kingdom of God? Um, Well, it would invite them to think about children, to think about these little children right in front of them, these little infants, and to ask what 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 are the characteristics of these children? Um, How could they have obtained title to the kingdom? Can it be because of what they know? Well, no, they're ignorant. They're children. They don't know what they need. Um, Is it because they have something to be proud of? 
No, they're infants. They've not done anything. It's because they've somehow distinguished themselves from other people. Well, no, they're helpless. Right? To come to the Lord, someone has to bring them. They're powerless to come to the Lord themselves. What are these children as they look at them? They're lowly. They're needy. They're ignorant. They're helpless. And that's how the kingdom has to be entered. Like a child. Recognizing that there is nothing in you that can make you worthy of receiving the kingdom. That it's all about what God does for us. Because all who come to the Lord are lowly. Right? We none of us have anything we can offer to God. Um, even the disciples talking about which one of them is the greatest, when, when Christ shines a light on that conversation, they all realize how ridiculous it is. And no one wants to admit they've been talking about that. Um, we are all lowly and, and of no account. And we need to be humble in coming to the Lord. And what can help us in our humility is when we keep in mind just how needy and ignorant we are. Just how needy and helpless we are before the Lord. But we have a mountain of debt that our sin has accrued that we can't pay for and can't do anything about. And we have a chasm of emptiness that should be filled with righteousness that we can't fill. And our Lord, by his life and his death and his resurrection, has wiped out the mountain of debt and filled the chasm of righteousness with his holiness, with his perfection, and imputed that to us. But he must still continue to hold us and walk with us every day of our lives, or we would fail to reach glory. We constantly need the work of the Spirit uniting us to the Lord. We constantly need his grace and help to grow in holiness and to grow in faith. And we ought to be, the more we grow in the Lord and the more we recognize these truths, see just how impoverished we really are. Just how ignorant we really are. Just how small are the beginnings that even the most holy of men make in this life. Because we are needy from start to finish. And we are helpless. We can't do anything about that mountain of debt. We can't do anything about the chasm of righteousness. We can't do anything to keep ourselves united to God. If we had any opportunity to fall away, we would. Not just we might, we would. We are those kinds of people. And the good news is for those kinds of people is the kingdom. I don't think it's any coincidence that in all three Gospels where this story is told, it's immediately followed by the story of the rich young ruler who is proud, who is not helpless. I've kept the law all my life. He's not ignorant, knows what the law is when asked. Has riches, has authority, has power, and is sure that he can do what is necessary to inherit eternal life. Jesus just has to give him the information. And he goes away without the kingdom of God, without having entered it. 
because he would not receive it like a child. And that's something we need to think about. Uh, Not just for ourselves, but for our ministries. Uh, For those of us who aspire to ministry in some way, shape, or form, whether that's the ordained ministry of minister or elder or lay ministry in Bible studies and teaching others, a lot of the work of the ministry is done around the needy and the helpless. A lot of your time will be spent on people who just need constant help and seem unable to help themselves. A lot of time will be spent around people who are slow to learn, um, who don't immediately take to the things you teach. Just because you preach one sermon on it won't mean that they'll fully understand it for the rest of their lives. There are people that are hard work to continue to teach. They're slow to learn, slow to grow. They take a lot of time. Uh, There are people that are needy and ignorant need to be built up in the faith. And there can be a temptation to be exasperated with those kinds of people. To be frustrated at the time and effort that have to be poured into them. And we need to be reminded by our Lord in this passage, to them belongs the kingdom of heaven. They're worth the time. They're worth the effort. And we need to be patient so that in our exasperation and our frustration, we don't hinder them from coming to the Lord. Because if we get in the way, he will be indignant. And so there's this powerful warning, there's this powerful reminder, but he doesn't finish just with teaching. You'll notice he finishes with a powerful illustration when he takes up the children into his arms and blesses them. Um, There's a warning in this passage, but there's also a wonderful promise. The warning is, unless you receive the kingdom of God like a child... You will not enter it. But the wonderful promises to those who do receive the kingdom of God like a child, what is given to them? The king himself takes them into his arms and embraces them and blesses them. These parents had no idea what they were asking for, really. They thought he was a holy man. They didn't realize he was the holy man. They didn't realize that their children were being blessed by the King of Glory, the second person of the Trinity incarnate, come into the world to save sinners. And what better way to know that you have a part in his kingdom than when the king embraces you and puts his arms around you and blesses you? You know then you've entered the kingdom because you've been embraced by the king. That's why we need to hold close to these wonderful promises for ourselves, uh, for our neighbors, for our ministries, and help people come to see how it is to enter the kingdom like a child uh, and to receive it in Christ's name. May we help those come to the Lord and never hinder them. Amen. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, how thankful we are for our Lord, that he has time for the ignorant and the needy and the helpless, that he indeed receives such as these and pulls them into his arms and embraces them and blesses them. May that be an encouragement to us when we feel our neediness before you, when we feel how much we've failed to learn and grow. May we not be despondent, but recognize that to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. And may we 
then be encouraged to continue to grow in these things. And help all those here who want to, to labor among your people who desperately desire to show people Jesus. And we pray that in our zeal, Lord, we might never become those who end up hindering your people. Pray that we would not become exasperated or frustrated when the work of ministry is hard. But we might be reminded by our Lord's words that to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. And then may we work hard to show them the Lord and to communicate to them his great promise. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I would give you rest. By your grace, Lord, help us to, to show people how to enter the kingdom. And may we see them enter rest by your grace and by your spirit. Help us in this day to do the things that you've called us to do, to teach and to learn. May we do all to your glory. Forgive us our sins, we pray, and we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Copyright 2016, Westminster Seminary, California. All rights reserved. You are permitted to reproduce and distribute this material in any format, provided that you do not alter the wording in any way and that you do not charge a fee beyond the cost of reproduction. For web posting, a link to this document on our website is preferred.